always read the article. And if you only read the headline, you're dumb. Hello and welcome to episode number 153 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Monday, April 19th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac. We're over the weekend, 24 people shot, three fatally. Oh yeah, we have a problem with the police. And from America's left coast, where while other states are moving back to sanity, ours are out are competing to outwoke each other. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Yeah, but at least you don't live in Oregon. I well, Oregon, Washington, California are pretty much the source of all of my big stories today. Yeah, I can uh, see why. There's some crazy yeah, stuff. Uh, the, I mean, the Oregon one. Let's get that out of the way first, because there's not a lot there. Uh, the um, the Department of Health has well, uh, and the the reason for the, this is is a, a a limitation in the law that they're using, which says they can only enforce an emergency temporary mandate for so long. So there's they said, well, we need to continue enforcing a little bit longer. And by the way, if you believe that, then I've got a bridge to sell you. So they are officially going to the part of the law in Oregon that says masks are now a permanent emergency mandate. (laughs) So, yeah, if you can only do a temporary thing for so long, why not make it permanent? That's a perfect. That's a perfect. And and of course, the 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 health retard up there did decide to he did go out and like don't don't worry we're not actually planning on making it permanent bullshit but uh you know in the structure of the law we have to make it you know we we have to extend it at least a little bit longer you know two more weeks to flatten the curve and and you know don't worry you'll be done by easter and you'll have permission to celebrate the fourth of july and all all of this bullshit and platitudes that we've already heard before but he was very quick to point out we're not actually making it permanent because that might make you people finally realize everything i'm saying is bullshit so really it's it's a temporary wink wink permanent it's fucking permanent Yet nobody still wants to look at the statistics from the areas where they've lifted the mask mandates and they have no different results than the places that have the mask mandates. As we talked about all along, the masks don't do squat. But, you know, at least it looks good. I mean, some of these politicians probably bought a lot of stock in companies that make masks. <laughs> that might be it. You know, that that's a plausible explanation, but I think it's it's a it goes a little bit deeper and more fundamental than that. I think a lot of these politicians are bought and sold by the Chinese Communist Party. Probably. But the Chinese uh, make and, the masks, so there you go. I, I mean, at this point there's two types of Democrat politicians, the ones who are are in on the fix and the ones who are uh completely duped. Actually, in a third type, which is the ones who want to be in on the fix and therefore are are playing the party line. Well, yeah, you want to be in on the fix. You want to get that sweet, sweet cash. It's it's insanity, just like Major League Baseball bitch slapping the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia while doing business in China. So, I mean, if you're going to stop doing business, if you're going to pull an event from a state because you don't like their laws when it comes to voting. 
but you embrace China. I just, I digress. We, yeah. uh, you know, the Chicago violence, like I said, continuing this weekend, there was some interesting things that came out of the story of the 13 year old Adam Toledo that was killed. That was the major topic of our grumpy old Ben's on Friday. Yes. And the random thoughts before that. Yeah, well, not well, as not as much, but uh, we got into a much more heated discussion of what's going on here in Chicago on Grumpy Old Ben's. And it's seemingly now turning out once more information is coming out that Adam Toledo may have been a member of the Latin Kings, one of the most notorious gangs in the country, uh, his friends that were posting tributes because this is i mean this is the oddity that we didn't have when we were kids now i mean this Wait, is I, everything I'm, is online i'm and, suddenly confused i i thought he was black which meant that he couldn't possibly be uh, no the kid, problem no the kid in chicago was hispanic oh i'm sorry his well he, yeah but he wasn't white only no. whites can be bad well right right okay. uh but his friends that were posting tributes to him uh use names like uh little homicide and uh something uh, diablo and this uh kind of seems to show that he was involved in a gang and it was interesting to me this is just the disconnect that people have because of course on news sites put that in air quotes that they where they allow people to comment which i think was the worst idea in the history of news sites but i get it because all it is is clickbait now but you allow people to comment and there were people are like, so what if he was in a gang? You still killed a 13 year old. And it's like, where does where does the line get drawn? Now, the 13 year old with the gun in his hand, if he shoots at the cop first, which happens all the time. Well, then is he still just a child when he gets killed? I don't understand how we make this differentiation for and to, to, to what ends that oh well he was oh. still a 13 year old well he was on the street at 3 a.m with a gun in his hand running from the cops what i mean 13 is an adult online these days well that's also one of the points we've been harping on a lot here and on random thoughts because this is a big part of the problem this is the you know you're entering the, you know letting these kids partake in these things and you can't have it both ways. You can't have it one way. Oh, well, he's just a child. And the other one, well, no, he's an adult. He should be able to vote. He can tell you what to do with gun legislation. Obviously, Adam Toledo would have said guns. Good. And they try to tell you what to do with climate change and all of that. But in this case, the concept that people are still looking at this as cop bad shot a kid somehow can totally ignore the fact the kid had gun residue on his hand which means the gun was recently fired, whether he fired it or the guy that he was with, maybe just gave him it to run. Either way, he had a gun that was recently fired. I guess they were shooting at cars throughout the night. I mean, this is a fun town, Chicago. You really want to be in certain parts of it in uh, in the dead of night. Yeah, my, my favorite part of Chicago to be in is called not Illinois at all. <laughs> yeah, stay away, stay away, stay away. <laughs> Although there's good barbecue. But I just yes. want to know how that the Kansas City part of Chicago is a very nice place. I'm told. Well, yeah, Kansas City's got about as much gun violence too. I think, if according to our buddy, but Spencer. it's got Sir Spencer, and he has guns, so I'd feel yeah. safer there already. Well, I have guns too. You know, that's that's the whole part of the party, I guess. You just have to have your own guns. But this disconnect that oh, he was just a kid, are ignoring the fact that it appears that he is a gang member or was a gang member. And he had a gun in his hand and was recently shooting it. But no, he's just a kid. 
Well, then you know what? The blame firmly should be going on his parents or his guardian, whoever's supposed to be keeping track of where this kid is. Because this is, I mean, if you're if you're really worried about the life and well-being of your kid, you know where they are at three in the morning. I I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, you know, obviously, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to to pull out the blame the parents thing when somebody goes and points out, well, you know, people in the inner cities, they they don't have two parents. And, and by the way, the reason for that is also the Democrats. Yeah, because welfare laws. But um, uh, well, a. Uh, Maybe you should try to have multiple parents in your house. I don't know. I, 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 somewhere along the line, we completely lost the idea of personal responsibility and, and put the responsibility entirely on demographics and groups of people and the state. And I is somewhere along the line. Now, nobody is responsible for their own actions anymore. It, well, because they're they're treated as victims that we're victims first. I mean, if you're a minority, if you commit a crime, well, you're you're the victim. It doesn't matter what you did. You're the victim because of things that happened 50, 100, 200 years ago. And that is where the insanity comes down. But recently, I mean, we saw what happened with the Capitol riots. Donald Trump, of course, they tried to impeach him. We all know what's going on. Tried and, to. They did it twice. Well, yes. well yeah, they. Tr- yeah, it, it was it was uh, a, a sideshow. Now, one of the people that was very anti-Trump, Maxine Waters, is out on the street telling the rioters in Minnesota to, quote, get more confrontational. If Derek Chauvin, the cop that is accused of murdering George Floyd, isn't convicted, how how do you tell rioters to get more confrontational? I don't understand. And wh- why is um, she being allowed to say this, except for the fact that she's black and that gives you yeah. the card step, that step says one, you can say whatever you want? Well, no, it's not because she's black. She, you know, female and black are certainly cards that she will wave in front of people. But the thing that allows her to do whatever the hell she wants and not get called out by it, by the media, by the public, by her constituents, anything is the fact that she comes from what's she from? Los Angeles, San Francisco, like the, the, the farthest left you can possibly get in this country. She put a D next to her name and she's been there for 85 years. And therefore, they're never going to get rid of her. Uh, as long as there's a D next to her name on the ballot, she can never possibly be voted out in a district like San Francisco. And she's gotten, I mean, she's got old enough where, you know, she's like my 17 year old cat. She just does not care anymore and uh, blurts out anything that comes to her mind. And, uh, and her needs and desires and what she says is no more intelligent than what my cat says when he's, going blurting shit out so um i I mean she is the walking talking argument for why there absolutely need to be term limits in congress yes and she's from the la area but okay of course she lives in a mansion that's not yeah she doesn't live in la i'm sure (laughs) yeah that's uh she lives on top of the hollywood sign or something and and going to uh, another state because she's a california girl going to minnesota to try to incite more rioting. I mean, it's great when you can do that. Go to somebody else's state and, uh, and incite them to burn it down. I don't understand how this is not incitement. I mean, that we heard so much. Donald Trump incited violence. It, it, it absolutely is. But I think we finally I, like 
you know, every news story gets old, no matter how many times you tell it. And I, I feel like it's hardly news anymore. Like, you know, film at 11 Democrats are completely hypocritical and are doing all the things that they're accusing the other side of. If, if you have been paying any attention at all, which is hard to do because you'll never hear about this in the media. Um, then yes, every time, you know, the, the, the higher place and more outspoken they are every time, uh, some idiot like, uh, AOC or, uh, Pelosi or waters goes out and opens their mouth. You know, for sure that everything that they accuse all of the people on the right of is going to be stuff that they'll do next week. Right. Well, yes, it's that old Dutch saying what you accuse somebody of you're guilty of yourself. It sounds much better. In the Dutch and, and appeal to hypocrisy is not actually a rational argument, but there's absolutely nothing rational about these people anyway. So no, and the, it, you the, can't find an argument to refute rationally anyway. The Derek Chauvin trial. Did you see the story of the cop who was a California cop? I mean, he had to be called in as an expert witness on what went down. What happened uh, to this guy? He was from uh, was he probably the Los Angeles area as well. That's where most of them are from. When all this crazy stuff's going on, but it was somewhere in California that he was from that he was a witness for the defense talking about how, uh, you know, how this whole thing went down. And of course, the house that he used to live in, somebody was looking up for records online, obviously, and found an address for this guy. It was a house that he used to live in a few years ago, but that didn't stop the uh, whoever guessing you know the blm protesters the the nice non-violent ones from going to this house and uh, vandalizing it and leaving a, a severed pig's head on the doorstep i mean did, this, did they sever the head non-violently i'm sure if you can i'm sure there was a way to do that i mean it wasn't even where this guy lived but this is the kind of violent crap this is the kind of intimidation tactic tactics that are being used here and like we talked about on the previous episode when we were talking about this, I don't know how anybody that is on that jury is not going to convict this guy just for fear that they're going to get killed by an angry mob because this is the kind of stuff that's going on. Somebody that well, got up on the stand as a witness got their previous home. Luckily, I guess for the cop, not very lucky for whoever bought the house. But has that happened to them? This is just this is not the America that I think anybody wants violence like this cannot be allowed to stand. I don't care what side it's on. I, and, and the, I still believe that it will all sort itself out. Eventually. The problem is that it takes a very long time and we have to live through it first. Uh, people, you know, people on the jury, not all of them are going to convict because, uh, they fear retribution. Some of them are going to convict because they're generally, genuinely woke, useful idiots who believe all of the crap spewing out of the, the mouths of these politicians. But I mean, it is Minnesota. I, I don't know. I, I, I know this is probably wrong of me, but I'm getting to the point where I'm just writing off a lot of these places uh, like uh, you guys need to just stew in your own riots. Uh, I, I will never go to Portland again because that place is it, it, uh, the everybody from the the people on the street throwing Molotov cocktails and spray painting and, uh, uh you know, burning down their local businesses to the people in the uh in the mayor's office 
who are encouraging it to the people in the governor's office who are just throwing fuel on the fire in terms of, um, you know, permanent mandates. And I, I, everything about, you know, the people that I feel sorry for are the people in Eastern Oregon, the, the people who are not in the Willamette Valley, the people who did not vote in this, this circus act that is going on. And, um, are you familiar with the idea of race replacement theory? I mean, you should be race replacement. Well, not, not just race replacement theory. It's the idea uh, that it, it, it's always been a big conspiracy theory. It's the kind of thing. If you mention replacement to a, a, uh, an educated leftist, then they're going to laugh at you and call you a, re- a conspiracy theorist and say, well, you're, you must believe that nine 11 would is inside job two or something like that, which by the way, we have proof of, but, uh, uh, replacement theory is the idea that um, you a party will win votes not by uh, winning over the hearts and minds of the people in an area, but rather by encouraging so much immigration that you change the demographics of an area. Oh, and right. yeah, and and you know it's it it I I genuinely believe it's been going on now whether or not it's a grand conspiracy theory from the people above wanting this to happen or not I I don't know but you know go anywhere in Europe and you're going to see a lot of anti-immigrant sentiment as people are just flooding in and then you know over the course it takes a, a few years over the course of it they start all voting more and more one way and suddenly pretty soon the people who started out there are a minority they're there are people like, wait, wait a minute, what ha-? And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about the, the open border immigration policy of the Democrat party is, is a pretty transparent because it doesn't make any sense at all why they would do this unless their goal is to change the demographics for the purpose of creating more Democrat voters. So opening the borders saying, Hey, we're the Democrats. We're welcoming everybody in. Go ahead and flood out California and Arizona is a form of replacement theory. It is, it is watering down and, and diluting the political power and the votes of the people who live in an area by flooding the area with new people. And it's, I mean, it, it, like I said, I, I maybe it's a conspiracy theory that people are pushing it. I absolutely believe that people in the DNC are both evil and clever enough to have come up with this going. This is a viable way of getting votes. I don't think that that's that, that it's planned everywhere, but it is absolutely happening. And I will give you a fine example. And that is uh, the state where I have lived for 43 years um, has become California. I used to be. Uh, it, it used to be a reasonably blue collar. Uh, we we loved our wilderness. We loved our you know we we had a, liked guns. We liked. Uh, it, I mean it, it was it was never a woke state thirty years ago. And the state that I grew up in was was very much. I mean we we didn't like taxes, but we did like work. You know things like you know, some infrastructure projects. But there are so many Californians that have moved in. That we, the people who've been here for more than 10 years are actually the minority, the demographics of Washington state. Now, I think the median amount of time in the state now is nine years, 10, something like that. Wow. And it's, it's, and, and, you know, people like me 
who I was born in this state. I, I'm, I want to leave. I want out because it's not the place where I started. It, uh, the, the population has been replaced with a bunch of people from California, from wherever. And I can't even blame the Californians themselves that much because frankly, the reason that they moved here, the reason they're moving to Texas, the reason they're moving to Missouri that move all over the place is these are the Californians that are being displaced from their own state by crazy immigration policies saying everybody in the world, go ahead and come and join our melting pot and also vote Democrat. Well, right. They're coming to your state. Well, this is not something that's unique to the United States. This was a big reason why the UK, I think the theory started in Eastern Europe. Well, this is a big reason the UK had the Brexit moment. This is why they got out of the EU. Because people that lived in London were, well, in other places, but especially in the larger cities in the UK, woke oh, yeah. up and, and went, this this is turning into a Muslim city, and they oh, didn't that's like it. Pl- the, the English are actually a minority in London now. Yeah, and, and you know, this is, again, is a question of how much is good, how much, is, it's like, I understand, you want people to be free to do whatever they want, but... When you start saying it's okay for somebody to erase somebody else's culture, it starts getting to be a bigger question. And I don't think that makes you a racist. There's the reason why that people live in different areas, whether it's friendly to certain things, whether the laws allow certain things, however it works. And, you know, the people in London, of course, are being like, ah, you're racist. You don't want the Muslims to move in. It's like, well, no, but these people grew up. Like you're talking about growing up there. It's about culture, not race. Yeah. And it's about wanting things. You want to live the way you want to live. And this changes when different types of people move in and change the culture in your area. And you may not like that culture. And not everybody has to like every culture. That's okay. There's a serious fundamental difference in. I mean, I'm going to classify all immigration into two camps, which is, of course, an oversimplification, whatever. there are the people who integrate, who, who immigrate to an area and then integrate into the culture. And in general, if, if those are decent quality people, then the culture is made better for bringing in the, the diversity, bringing in the experiences, bringing in new ideas from people who come from somewhere else and then integrate into the culture and, and learn the new rules of their new place and generally become a productive member of the society. And then the destructive kind of immigration, which is the kind that, you know, we, we don't hear about it on the news in America and, and we hear about it occasionally on no agenda, but if you really want to search, you can find like every single day, somewhere in Europe, somebody is rioting against immigration. And the reason is because the, the bad kind of immigration is the kind where too many people come in at once and they all form their own cluster and they bring a a chunk of their own culture with them and they end up, uh, they never integrate into the society. And what you end up having is two completely disparate cultures sharing the same geographic space. And that is a recipe for conflict. And, And then even worse is if you get enough of them, you start getting the replacement effects and you end up, marginalizing the people who've been there forever and i mean you want to i mean wasn't wasn't one of the 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 champions of the left is is uh 
a, a native population who have been completely marginalized by colonials moving in. Hello, I've been in Washington for 43 years. That is exactly what's happened to me. I have been marginalized by a colonial population moving in and destroying my way of life to the point where I have to leave my home state. Yeah, that that checks. And this is again, there's a lot of arguments on both sides of this, which people will say, ah, you're just racist, Bemrose. You don't want these. Uh, you don't. So you don't want who? Moved, this has you nothing to do with race. It's culture. Well, I understand. But nope. Have you ever heard anybody on the news media, the mainstream media talk about culture rather than race? No, it's all about race baiting. It really is. It's all about race baiting. We talked about why. In one of the last episodes, again, go do your homework on the weather underground and why this is happening. The race issue is very real. And as we talked about, I think it was on the last episode, when you look at the polls from about 10 years ago, people in America overall were like, well, things are going pretty well right now with race relations. Things are pretty good. We're a pretty good country. A decade later, all of a sudden, everything somehow went downhill uh, a, a decade later some people who wanted to become millionaires realized that the path to power was if maybe we just foam everybody up into a, a frothing angry mix over racism and the internet it, helped the internet helped a yeah. lot as the, the social networks which allow you to to put you know everybody puts themselves into a bubble and then you can selectively poison those bubbles how you need as C. Mike pointed out a little bit earlier in the troll room, and if you're not in the troll room when we do these shows live Monday and Friday at noon Eastern, noagendastream.com, you are missing out. This is why you don't do anything online. You don't even buy a house or car using your own name. You always go it through like a corporation, something like that. You you do it so people can't track you down. And this is now how many of the stories we've had recently? With Oh, you're going to have to buy a license. If you want to post thing on social media, was that Australia or the UK or both talking about things like that? So we know who's posting online. Oh, yeah. Australia is trying to do that. Apparently, uh, it looks like Canada is now uh, thinking this is a pretty good idea. And the UK is, uh, well, they, they've had something to that effect on and off for 20 years. You know, and this is, I mean, maybe this would have helped this one story I pulled this morning. This was a just a snapshot. overall. This should be a story that is never covered. That was no big deal. But this is a snapshot of what's going on in the United States right now. Minnesota high school student falsely accused of sending racist Instagram messages to black classmates. <laughs> I, I, you know, every time that I hear somebody call somebody else racist, I kind of assume at this point that it is falsely accused. You, well, you should. And especially if it involves Instagram, that's a that's a it's a good clue <laughs> that this should be uh, that this should be looked further into. Now, this was at White Bear Lake High School. So, I mean, of course, White Bear, this just adds to the fun of what's going on in Minnesota. Yeah, that uh, that sounds like a racist high school name to me. There was a white girl, I guess, that wanted to start a conservative organization at the school. and. She got first some, mistake. Yeah, I know that is always the most horrible thing you can do. in a school is try to be conservative. And what ended up happening all of a sudden, an account appears on Instagram 
that had something to do with the school's name it was like white bear something or other and it started sending messages to the black students who were all a part of some kind of black group at that school and was were very vile messages were very racist messages using the n-word all over the place telling them to leave white bear Wait, who who sent this this was this anonymous air quotes instagram <laughs> account that showed up and start all of a sudden this instagram account which was go white bear was the name of the instagram account all of a sudden started sending racist messages on instagram to the black students of this high school uh, and and of course they decided to it, it's anonymous so they decided to automatically assume it was the conservative well this uh, is what one of the black students accused like a her of. flag to me of course so the black student accuses the white student of doing this and the fbi got involved as i guess they want to do over something but going on why <laughs> because there I'm were racist sure the messages sheriff, i'm not even sure the local sheriff needs to be involved with this what, what, this is not a national issue where were there people not outside of minnesota that were involved no I, were the people outside of the county that was involved? Were the people outside the school that was involved? This is something the school administrators should deal with if if they hadn't all shut their brains off with zero tolerance twenty years ago. I'm assuming it was the they even had a, like a walkout at this school over these horrible messages. They had a school assembly where the black students talked about how much they were hurt by these messages. Yeah, and, I always skip those assemblies. I mean, rightfully so. Um, this is you know some of the messages that were included were you guys are racist for having a black people club if i make a club i'm racist so i mean that seems like they were trying to point to this girl you know well, like, I, I mean that's that's not exactly wrong the other well how about this depending on what the club does this message you should get hanged you're a dirty african girl nobody wants you here go to a black school this is white bear lake this is the kind of messages I, that were being sent out now okay the intriguing yeah, part of now, this whole now story. I'm certain, now I'm certain this was a false flag because although although there are a few conservatives out there that are uh, crazy and vitriolic enough to be able to send stuff like that, the 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 number of them is far far fewer than the boogeymen that that people in the media and on the left are going to to push. You know, it, it's like the the Koch brothers who about what five six years ago were responsible for everything every conservative did anywhere because they were just the boogeymen. Right. And now it's it's white supremacists. And I would bet that in the entire United States, there are probably maybe a couple thousand of of those, uh, you know, uh, gun toting, white skinhead, minority hating actual people who are the kind of person, the straw man that, that the left always puts up as a big boogeyman. But you would think that they were in charge of everything in this country to listen to the, the hyperbole. And my experience is that when actual hate filled vitriol like that comes out and, and by the way, you can confirm this just by uh, clicking on any Twitter link ever. Although I don't recommend you do that. They also, the, the most horrible, horrible, you know, violence spewing hatred always comes from the left. It always comes from people saying, you know, you voted for Trump. I hope that you die in a sewer or something like that. It, it again. OK, I'm I'm just playing statistics here and I'm probably biased. But yeah, that feels like a false flag. 
Well, yes. Now, the girl that was pushing this charge that said the white girl was probably the one that did it. Her name is Precious, which I think is just kind of. uh, That's just Precious. Yes, it is. She says at an assembly, she said, quote, the school needs to protect us. School is a place where Mm, we're supposed to be able to be safe and learn. Somebody really took the time out of their day to send death threats to me and my beautiful friends just because we are a little darker than the rest of y'all. Now, like I said, the FBI came in, which I mean, where does lady get over it when you need her, by the way? I don't know. She'll be there to kick somebody's butt later in the show. But the FBI did get involved. And now here's the interesting thing about the FBI getting involved. They figured out who sent these messages. But that's not being disclosed. So I think we all know. So so then they know <laughs> if, if it's not being disclosed, it's politically inconvenient, which means, you know, that it's it's somebody that it doesn't match the narrative. Well, it was probably the black one of the black students. That's the yeah. only thing that makes sense, because they came out and said, well, we're just aware that the person responsible is not a threat to the you know community of color at the school, whatever. However, they phrased it. But oh, yes. yeah, you nailed it. This is what happened. They realized this was a Jesse Smollett moment. And this is what's happening. Unfortunately, for days, they had to have a security guard taking the white student between classes because she was in danger of getting her you know, ass kicked, I guess, because of having these kind of accusations, her a ladder. And these things happening online, these people that think they're anonymous, and at least they were moron kids. Because if they listen to Grumpy Old Benz, they would know. You go to a VPN, you don't use your real email address. You yeah, probably don't even do it from your home. But I mean, it, it sounds like it worked out in the end, and the the people setting up the the bullshit statements are ended up. You know, well, of course there would never be any punishment, right? But, but at well, least, because you they, know, they, you can't the punish somebody if they're a minority. They're the victims, don't you yeah. understand? Even though, but, they're the ones that caused this. I, I can't get over it. I am incredibly bothered that this could possibly be a federal fucking issue. How? How is the FBI involved in any way? I, I guess because you're don't, using. Don't they have corruption in Washington, D.C.? They shouldn't be investigating. Well, probably because you're using Instagram. So you don't know where the messages are originating from. I mean, it was a good guess that it was somebody at that school. Well, easy. You don't they, were, know. they were originating from Instagram. So let's go after them. Which I'm sure they did, but to get Instagram, I mean, do you think your what local uh, Minnesota cop can call up no, Instagram no, just, and be like, I'm just saying, hold Zuckerberg responsible. Well, yeah, they I'm should cool be. With that. Don't let your kids use social media. How about that, uh, parents? Don't let your kids use social media. Well, all or, their or, friends are using it. Screw it. What you just said is good advice, but given that a lot of people are not going to follow that, the backup secondary advice is pay attention to what your kids are doing on social media. Be a part of their life. Be aware of what they're doing. And a lot of these situations just suddenly don't materialize. Now, the kicker on all of this is the superintendent of the schools did send out a message once they realized You know, again, they didn't tell anybody who this person was, except that it was a female and a juvenile. So uh, obviously one of the girls at the school and we can do enough figuring here. We can do enough sleuthing to figure that the girl was not white. The superintendent sent out a letter trying to tamp everything down, saying this Instagram stuff was a hoax. And then, of course, he had to apologize, saying Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean the word hoax. I don't mean to minimize the impact 
that racism or racist acts have on the students. Well, maybe you should be minimizing it if it's a black student trying to race bait people. That is a hoax. Mm. You can use the yeah. word. Words mean things. Yeah, that that actually is pretty much exactly the right word. Or uh, yeah, but then had to apologize because, you know, oh, my God, you can't say that was a how dare you say something was a hoax when it involved something as horrible as these messages. And again, the messages were pretty vile. Like you said, you can usually tell. And I know we're very biased and this is general generalizing. But, yeah, the left seems to be way better at the violent, hateful rhetoric. And and you can I mean, you can draw some some causal inferences from this, like uh being completely without a moral compass and and that by the way is not simply invective that is uh in general people on the left tend to be uh, uh ascribe to their their atheist or uh or secular uh they ascribe to moral relativism they they literally do not have any kind of structure imposed on their lives which would uh, purport to bring morals and for what I think of of the corporate God givers, as Larry loves to to call them, and and I love the term, um, religion and and a, a close family unit and all of the things that that we had in this society before public schools decided to take the proxy of parents, uh, are do exist for to impose or to to instill morals in somebody. So when when I say you know, somebody out there is acting entirely outside the bounds of uh, of acceptable behavior. The probability is that that somebody has no moral compass and and was not taught and uh, had an ethical upbringing. And statistically speaking, that's probably more leftist. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Net Net reporting a similar incident happened at a college in the Detroit area last week. Students of color turned out to be responsible for racist graffiti at the college. I mean, this is this like going from some new playbook. This is again, we, we, you know, and this is exactly the explanation that was given by the FBI when this Minnesota thing was investigated was the student responsible was just trying to raise awareness for things that had happened around the school. And so, I mean, by lying, I mean, of course, it's great to try to pin racist things on other people because you know you were wronged in the past this is again that domino effect of this concept no, she that you need wronged. to keep paying for things that happened hundreds of years she, ago she wasn't wronged she claims ancestry to people six generations back who might have been wronged right yeah welcome and, and to america the, you you don't have to go very far forward in history to realize some very inspirational texts that point out that sins of the father is no solid basis for law it's isn't that in the bible i think i remember reading it somewhere it the the idea that that you you do not hold the child for responsible for the sins of the father because that way leads to uh you know depending on what your context is it leads to uh you know what uh feuds or it leads to uh you know blood oaths it leads to you know ever escalating violence it leads to racism well yeah where does this kind of stuff end when it comes to that because by that same logic then oh let's see your uh, dad committed murder well then we have to put the kid in jail too because you're responsible for what your parents did so we're gonna put you in murder in the jail for something your parent did 
That seems to make sense for all these people that want to live in the past. Treat people equally and everybody moves on. I thought we were on that path. I mean, really, that was growing up in the 70s and 80s. I really did think we were on that path. As stupid as it is, the we were, you know, having bands like the two live crew. I played that clip a few times. I think I played it over at Random Thoughts once too. Luther Campbell talking about censorship when, of course, then it was just trying to quiet the music and the profanity. We've come a long way. We haven't heard anything recently about people trying to uh, squash the violent songs, the violent lyrics and rap music in a long, long time. And the point of it back in the you know late 80s and early 90s was the white people, the black people, the Hispanics, everybody, the Asian, everybody was getting along. Everything was good. Yeah. And when, when everything's when we, good, the politicians start worrying. When, when we were growing up, we had enough proximity, like our parents directly participated in the, the civil rights era. We had enough proximity to that tumultuous period that we knew, you know, at least in the 80s and 90s, we knew that. Yeah, uh, you know, a generation ago, there were still some real problems with racism, but the entire civil rights movement made impressive strides and, and we're getting past that. Like, like, you know, the entire generation of boomers who participated in the civil rights movement and organization and, and, and a marked shift in culture, starting with that generation of saying, yeah, you know, most people, are pretty much equal. Let's go with that. And they instilled that in their kids. And now, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what the hell happened after that, but um, it, it's back. It's back again. Weather Underground. Read Bill Ayers writing. You will enjoy it. It is great stuff. It is a it's a serious, a serious uh, look into the mind of the deranged people on the left that will do anything in order to push for the Marxist slash socialist utopia. And I know that all sounds like conspiracy theory. Well, at least it did up until recent years, because we have people here in Chicago locally that are actual communists who have been elected. As we know, we have actual socialists in the United States Senate and House now that this is not something that is theoretical anymore. The folks like AOC see a path to getting what they want. And when you're playing the long game, and these folks have played the long game, I will applaud them for the long game they've played to take control of the media and the school system. Oh, it's skillfully played. I still want to punch them. But when you get, when you play the long game and you see victory is finally in sight. This is when you double and triple down, and that is exactly what I see happening now. And unfortunately for the rest of the world and for everybody that lives here, Joe Biden is nothing more than a puppet. He does nothing on a daily basis. His oh, he, schedule, yeah, he, nothing. He is extremely, he is skillfully drooling all over whatever suit he's in. He is signing off on whatever they're telling him to sign off on. I mean, again, I miss the days when we heard about presidents golfing too much. I just want to see Joe walking by himself. I want to see proof that he's still physically even able to do anything. You know, you notice he's only doing one or two things a day and they're short, which there's a lot of conspiracy theories. But, Joe, you could prove us wrong 
by doing a couple press conferences a week. The conspiracy theory is they're drugging this guy up with whatever meds he needs for whatever condition he has, that he's good for about 15, 20 minutes, and then it's over. And that's all we've been seeing for months. How about Kamala Harris? She was appointed to take care of the problem at the border, and she hasn't had a press conference since. It's been over three weeks. Who wanted a government that disappeared? Like like you pointed out, they you know, they've reached the end game. And in the way that you can tell is they're doubling and tripling down. But the other way that is really obvious that that we have reached the end game in this long con of of, of bringing back the era of communism into the U.S. The, re, the way we know they've reached the end game for that, they're not bothering to hide it anymore. They're just coming out and saying, yeah, we want to instill communism in the United States. I, well, I don't know who said that, but, but they, they, the things that they are saying there, there's no, there, there's almost no couching it in words. There's, they're, they're just coming out. Uh, Biden actually did come out and say, we are going to take away all of your guns. You know, Maxine Waters has been saying that for 15 years, but nobody listens to her because she's clinically insane. But now the the people who, you know, believe that they can do it by executive order or by stacking the Supreme Court or by uh, a 51 to 50 majority in the Senate are just saying, yeah, we're actually going to trample every one of your rights. You've got no speech. You've got no right to assemble. Uh, you've got no right to your own body. Uh, fuck the Nuremberg Code. And uh, by the way, in order to do all of that, we're going to take away your guns. It, 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 nobody's even hiding it. That's what they're saying. Yeah. They're, well, they're straight out in the open. And the beautiful thing of living in the time that we do now is, is, that, is there a good thing? Well, yes, that there is video, although we can all yell deep fakes now. But there is video and audio of a lot of what happened in the government over the last couple of decades. And my good buddy Bill O'Reilly played Joe Biden from about 10 years ago when he was railing about how important the filibuster was and why why it's needed because the founders didn't you know wanted this people to have to work together and the filibuster couldn't be shot down that the filibuster had to stay and today joe's saying the exact opposite and this is the problem i have with politicians i don't mind when you have a change of heart but maybe uh maybe you should have to explain why well, change of no change of hearts happen all the damn time and it is exactly when it's politically convenient Yes. I mean, yeah, I did. It it should not be a surprise. And it's certainly nothing new to this time period that politicians are scum. That has been true for longer than I've been around. And I think it's been true for as long as politicians have existed as uh, as a vocation. Probably. I mean, I think it's gotten worse. I think back in the early day, I mean, you were given up a lot to serve in office and it was not something that was. Inherent, you didn't get the perks that you do now. Again, you have to wonder how somebody like, you know, Joe Biden can enter office or Nancy Pelosi with, you know, a little bit of money, but then exit with a whole lot of money. That is, uh, that's not what this should be about. This is, you know, if you were actually a civil servant, then that would be one thing. But I don't think that's been true since about 1778. That may be true. That may be true. I mean, how how do you how do you take a a civil service job and end up with more money than than you had before? This is not unique to Congress. This is called corruption. 
It happens everywhere that you have some kind of bureaucrat who is uh, through through fake, uh, you know, a, a rigged election or just appointment or whatever or nepotism somehow manages to acquire some power. And then they wield that power for the purpose of getting more power and making themselves wealthy. And welcome to your little teaser in how socialism works. How do we get some of this sweet, sweet corruption into podcasting so we can make millions? Well, first, we have to have power. And uh, so, like, for example, um, having access to the no agenda stream gives me power and, and you to an extent over all of the other podcasters on the stream. This is how it is that we are able to use through corruption, uh, enrich ourselves by taking all of the money that all of the other podcasters do, are doing. Now, the mistake that we made is that we are victimizing people who don't have any money because they're podcasters. Right? <laughs> You're, but, you, damn it. You don't victimize the poor. Yeah. The, the, the scam is solid. It's just, we chose our victim class poorly. I think Yeah, we're not good criminals. We are not good so, criminals. Mike Lindell is having a bad day. Why? What's happening to his? What's it? Frank, the name Frank. of his new uh, social media platform. Uh, yeah. Frankspeech.com, uh, which uh, it was originally scheduled to open to the public today. And uh, right now, uh, the site is just a placeholder. They had uh, purportedly, according to the articles that I read about it, uh, they had a video which explained that they were having trouble, um, but uh, and that they would be opening soon and giving a timeline for when they are going to open now. However, I was never even able to load the video. Um, I got either a, a broken media error or a 405 not allowed error. Mike Lindell is, if, if you don't, if people don't know, is the MyPillow guy. Uh, he is, if you listen to a lot of podcasts with advertising, he, you've probably heard his advertisements a lot because he's one of about 12 sponsors that sponsor every, uh, every podcast these days. Um, he made a big deal about freedom of speech and uh, about how, you know, we, what, he got he got banned off of, was it Twitter or was it Facebook? He he got he kind of got the Alex Jones treatment where they said, you know, we're getting rid of you everywhere because he said something nice about Trump. And that's pretty much the unforgivable sin. And so he had money from his MyPillow business and like a good entrepreneur. He decided, uh, to, you know, screw your social network. I'm going to create my own social social network with blackjacks and hookers. Well, that sounds like more fun. And the page right now that looks like there's a live stream from Mike Lindell, but that's all it is. Just a video box on the stream there. Yeah, I got, I got the video box and an error saying media not available or something. Well, he probably uses JavaScript. Uh, well, no, I, I actually <laughs> try, I, I because I wanted this story. I even tried launching it in Chrome. Yeah, it's it's currently live, so we'll uh, see if was, this is uh, oh, okay. If this is something happening so, or not. So, um, in he he made a big deal about he he was going to create this social network. So, of course, I think the part of the reason why he his site isn't up yet is because of the number of tech reporters who are slamming the crap out of it, trying to get the story about how the the site is a huge failure. I don't know if it's a failure, but uh, he definitely was not ready to go primetime. Uh, was supposed to have a soft VIP only opening on Friday, which never happened. Um, I, I don't know exactly how the sign up works, but uh, uh, some of the VIPs involved uh, were complaining that we had to give our phone numbers and we can't even use this. And I look at this and I'm like, okay, you have to give your phone number. That's a non fucking starter. That's the first big red flag 
for this being not a social media site I would go in. I mean, that first of all, if if you have the ability to censor people based on something like a phone number, I'm not sure this is free speech. But it goes even worse than that. And it has to do with uh, something that he said last week ahead of of the launch. Um, He said, uh, let's see. You're not going to have to worry about what you're saying or worry about being able to speak out freely. You know, it's a free speech site. He, he hates being censored, right? But you don't get to use the four swear words, the C word, the N word, the F word, or God's name in vain. Free speech is not pornography. So this isn't free speech then. Yeah, but I, you, that, I, I have no problem with that. Well, I have no problem with that, but, but it's not free speech. And well, okay. I have a little bit of a problem because I do believe that free speech is necessary. To make what it means is that this frankspeech.com for all of the argument of it's going to be a free speech zone. It's and and for railing against the censorship of yeah, one. Are, group, are there any? To, I mean, if, as long as there's no topics that are off limits, then I say they're having a limit on using profanities uh, to me doesn't kill free speech. This just makes it a more family friendly place where anybody can access the social media without worry. Um, which kills freedom of speech. Now, not really. maybe not to the extent that, that putting fact checkers on Facebook does, but anything that causes you to have to have a chilling effect on your speech is not freedom of speech. Now it's, it, it is more free. You know, if you don't treat freedom of speech as a Boolean, then this one has a much higher freedom quotient than somewhere like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, because they're not, they're not banning people for uh uh what was the story a couple of days ago literally citing a Stanford study <laughs> on the effectiveness of masks and vaccines How dare you? And How getting dare you banned bring science? from Twitter for misinformation. Yeah. How dare you bring science to social yeah, media? Yeah, that 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 actually happened uh, a couple of days ago where Twitter banned a number of people who cited a they they were literally quoting from the study that came out at Stanford. So a bunch of of undereducated, uh, overpowered uh, social justice warriors that Twitter has put in charge of, quote unquote, fact checking are now more qualified to tell you what you're allowed to hear than researchers at Stanford. Got it. Yeah, the CDC knows more. This wasn't CDC. This was just somebody at Twitter no, I know. throwing their algo at it, going, well, they didn't, it didn't well, follow the narrative. Well, their algo is to, if it doesn't comply with what the CDC is saying, that's their bar. So, But who you, do you think the CDC listens to? <laughs> well, see, but they have to listen to the guy from Stanford first uh, and then change theirs, and then it'll be okay with Twitter. Because Twitter has to use them for whatever reason. That was their bar. That if what you're so, saying does not go along with what the CDC is saying, then you will be censored. So this this frank speech thing, I it, it does actually sound like a, a much better place to get together. I don't really like the fact that they were talking up uh, the you know even you know, of course all of the media stories writing about it are like well he's a big Trump supporter and he's creating a conservative only site and and of course they're going to do that and they're going to say it in such a way that it sounds like pure slander or libel or whichever it is. Um, but even Lindell himself was saying this is going to be a site for conservatives and maybe that's better. And, and it's always nice to have a place where you belong, but I don't identify as a conservative either. And I do identify as a person who does not believe in censorship, no matter what you're censoring. And, um, 
announcing that this is a place for conservatives and that we're going to be censoring anything at all does, in fact, make me less interested in the site. I have no problem with it. As long as the is a free discussion of ideas, I think social media is a little too overrun. And there's a you can go anywhere, any other social media site. If you really want to say fuck shit, cunt, whatever you want to say, then go to Twitter. That's your place. I, and I, I, of course I do. You know, I do. Right. So there you but go. I mean, this would, I, I, to I, me, I very much, I, I don't know that limits wanna, aren't I, a big deal. I mean, this is, you know, you can have a free discussion with the limits. Now here's the problem with I, that we have with all of the other social media sites is that their limitations are never explained and never they're they're arbitrary and inconsistent right now if this is is a a site that says the only thing you can't do is say this 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 and this and that's all they go after then it's very it's to me that's a huge stride forward and and frankspeech.com has not been up long enough to it hasn't been at all yet (laughs) uh to determine whether or not they're their rules are being enforced consistently or not. I, I, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's, uh, you know, their rules sound consistent and that, um, I mean, that is a big improvement because yes, the, the practical problem with places like Twitter is every single time that you can identify a place where one thing is being censored and another thing is not being censored and you can draw an equivalency between them and therefore the rules are inconsistent. Either the rules themselves are inconsistent or the enforcement is inconsistent and that leads to bias. It leads to uh, accusations of, of favoritism by the it. It effectively means that the platform is injecting their bias. Um, I think you and I are going to have to just disagree. I, I strictly maintain that any limitation on speech is inherently a limitation on ideas because speech is the physical manifestation of it is the only way that ideas exist outside of your head. And right now, the the list of, oh, you just can't say fuck that. So you think profanity is at the heart of of getting your ideas across? I think that that putting limits on speech necessarily puts limits on the ability to convey ideas. So you can't give me an example of something you can say with the profanity that you can't express without it. Um, I don't know. Give me any song lyrics from 1993. (laughs) Why? Why 1993? What happened to you? Where did they? Know. Where did the bad man touch you? I have no idea. <laughs> Wake me up before you go go. That was a little before then. I'm guessing that was 80s sometime. Little whammers, whammers, jammers. But it's this is I, going to be an interesting thing to follow because with these other sites and you know, I guess you have to lump this site in with Gab and Parlor. And I tried both of those sites and they both stunk. They were horrible sites. They were yeah. just not interesting what was going on. This is the biggest problem, again, with the network effect, which is you need to have enough people there to have good conversations for whatever you're trying to do. And it'll be interesting oh, yeah. to see how this actually takes this on. I mean, he's he's got enough money to get some people in. I mean, if if Trump is coming out with his own social media platform, too, then that's then this guy's is going to disappear in a heartbeat, because if Trump comes out with uh, one a week hey, later, maybe, maybe they merge. Maybe. 
Yeah, they're buddies, so that might make sense. This could I, just I be a know. big marketing Maybe. thing. I, I, I mean, it, we're we're reaching a point where a, a you know Twitter and Facebook and Instagram uh, and have have created, and I know they didn't intend it to intend to, but they created out of whole cloth a brand new market, and the market is social media platforms that are not Twitter, and right now that market is being flooded by. By parlor, by Frank speech, by uh, the the Donald or whatever the, the Trump one is. Um, some of them are going to fail. Some of them, you know, are going to succeed. That's, I mean, do you remember 10 years ago what social media looked like? There were a ton of networks, many of which failed. I, that one I'm fine with. Um, the, the curse of any free speech platform, especially in a market like that is that the very first people are going to flock there because of the nature of the market is Platforms that are not Twitter, the very first people who are going to flock there are people who are dissatisfied with Twitter. And in a lot of cases, that's going to be, you know, people who are, are, you know, far conservative, some people who are, you know, there are going to be some people who are genuinely insane and should not be talking. Well, but, yeah, well the trolls are going to be the ones that are going to show yeah. up because I can tell you and, when you when you have a new free speech, this is the same thing I think that happened when Gab started. All of a sudden, people start going and posting the most vile things to see like, oh, well, OK, your free speech. Will you allow, you know, can we say Nazi, blah, blah, blah. And then they got kicked and like, I ah, see you're not really free speech. Yeah. And, and at least, uh, you know, Frank's speech is is coming out and saying it uh, of all of it. You know, the the, the one part, the, I don't think that, uh, you know, there 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 are. They're absolutely going to be, and I'm not, I'm not coming up with examples right now, but there are going to be things that you ideas that you cannot express without being able to say a cunt or fuck or anything like that. Uh, but I don't think that you know, I, I will concede that there are a lot fewer of those ideas and it's quite possible to come out and say, uh, we are creating a platform where you you know go find somewhere else to express those ideas and and again from from a purist standpoint with free speech as a bully and i i don't like that but i'm not writing off the whole platform for it uh, i honestly did think that uh much more egregious in especially in today's secular society than uh you know objective swear words would be taking the god's name in vain you cannot say god damn it on this network or you'll be banned maybe I mean, obviously, there have been no enforcement actions, so we don't know if that's going to happen. But that seems like the way the rules are being written. You can't say Jesus Christ as a as an expletive because that's taking the God's name in vain. Um, you you know, maybe you can say Jesus Christ if you're talking about the person. Now, if you are a staunch Catholic who follows the the strict rules of that, then you've probably been taught that you don't do that anyway. But there is a lot of speech out there that whether you want it to or not does in fact do that. And it's, it's part of the common parlance. It's part of the culture. It's, it's saying that Jesus Christ can only be used to talk about the person or saying that, uh, you know, Mohammed must never be drawn. Um, are they are, they are imposing your set of ethics on somebody else and who, who probably doesn't follow those ethics. And if they don't, then, then it's an onerous requirement. And I think that I, I, I think it lessens the value of the platform. 
Now, obviously, if it's a private platform, they can make whatever rules they want. I think it lessens the value. Or it actually increases it if that's what a majority of the people want. Well, and that's the trick, isn't that's, it? That is the roll of the dice. And value uh, is different for everyone. So if enough people like what you're doing, then it doesn't matter. Mike Lindell took your advice when you're like, you don't like Twitter, start your own place. And he, yeah. Okay. And I totally support that. Um, I, I think, you know, I, honestly, I, I, I brought the free speech thing because uh, I, I like to treat it as a bully and I want there to be a place where you can say anything you want. Uh, I, I'm not convinced that that exists because everywhere that every platform where you come out, you can say anything you want is either going to be a, a complete cacophony or it's going to be blocking something somewhere. It feels like, you know, this is the utopia that fails when you insert people. Well, right. But I, I mean, still want to believe in it. I, I can guarantee you if uh, on a site that you own and were running, somebody posted child pornography. You would be deleting that. That's not a question. It's like that is not well, okay to post. So this it can't be a boolean of you can just post anything you want. There have to be some limitations. The question just becomes where do those limitations go from being well? Well, that's just in, common sense. To you're being heavy handed in, in 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 an ideal world where I wasn't under threat of the FBI. You know, if if I were creating a, a pure arbitrary free speech platform and also could somehow protect my platform from being under threat of people with guns from the government coming and pounding on the door and sending me to prison forever. No, no, forget um, those people. They're not the dangerous ones. Those are the prioritors and protesters who find out you were uh, you were on the stand for a trial and come to your house and uh, commit violence. Well, that's the thing. There's there is a there's a fundamental difference between limiting speech because you don't like the ideas being conveyed and limiting speech, because if you don't do it, then somebody is going to put consequences on you that, they, that the risk is too high. Um, I, uh, allowing allowing pictures of a, a 17 year old girl who lied on her only fans page um, and not deleting them instantly is the kind of thing that can get a site owner sent to prison forever. That is an incredible risk. But it's not because the person shouldn't be free to do and say what she wants. It's because our society is set up so that if you have, you know, if 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 the FBI so much as barges into your house and plants child porn on your laptop, you're going to prison forever. Yeah. And 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 the, the, that's a very different motivation. And uh I was just looking here after a Bitcoin crackdown, China now calls it an investment alternative in a significant shift. Was this the reason? I mean, this is on the list of things to talk about. Too. I didn't mean just to totally cut you off, but this is this is new oh, stuff fine. coming to light. After, new shit. Yeah. The, after this, uh, the crypto crash that happened the other night, it was fun to watch. It really was to watch the value of these things, except I missed, for Dogecoin. I missed the crypto crash. Oh, man. What? It went, uh, I mean, Bitcoin is, is I think, Bitcoin all the way down to 150,000 now. No, no, but it dropped about uh, $10,000 in the matter of maybe under an hour. So, I mean, there was a pretty big, there was a pretty big drop. I was, I mean, the Dogecoin keeps going up. Okay. That's the weird part <laughs> about this. I mean, it went down during this, but the Doge has bounced back and that is the epitome of a bubble. And I was reading stuff about the Dogecoin thing. And our buddy Midas is a genius. He bought into Dogecoin at seven cents, and uh, it's now worth, uh, it looks like 38 cents, 38 and a half cents a piece. So, I mean, that was a nice jump in uh, 
that's what, like five, five more than five times your double, no, yeah, five times. That is, so if you put in a thousand bucks, you're now sitting with 6,000 bucks. That is, that's pretty damn good in the, in about two weeks time. Um, but what ended up happening, I was reading about the Dogecoin going up and there were a lot of speculation that, well, this is going to cause a huge bubble in the rest of crypto because people are going to be like, wait, this doesn't make any sense why this is all just insanity you say that like all of crypto isn't just one big bubble it is and amidas made that same exact point but there's there's crypto that i believe actually has a shot to stick around including bitcoin of course things like ethereum and cardano maybe even ripple now that it seems like the american government's not trying to squash them but dogecoin was created and I loved the fact that the guy that created Dogecoin just sent out a tweet or whatever social media it was on thanking everybody because he was able to pay off his mother's home because of what he's made on this little crypto that he created out of nothing, which was never supposed to be anything, which there's not I mean it really there's no reason for the Dogecoin to have value <laughs> Except it's the same concept of what happened from a meme. with. Yes. And it, the reason it's going up is because of Elon Musk and the whole same thing that happened with the GameStop stock that everybody knew that there was a limited time for this thing to go up. Seems Doge is still going up. It will eventually crash back down. But this ended up taking everything down. Cardano, Ethereum, Bitcoin. They all dropped massively, and I'm just mad I didn't buy completely into the dip because it bounced back. And this, we're talking within minutes, the crash and then yeah. bounce back. Well, yes, but but within minutes, uh, w- would you have been able to get a transaction in? I would, have, or yeah. or would or would they have held the transaction for you know uh, processing and then ended up you know it, it goes up ten thousand dollars <laughs> in five minutes before. Yeah, before before your transaction goes through, it's like, oh, I didn't mean to buy at 80. Yeah, Coinbase is pretty good with that. I mean, I know there's differing services that can be used, but everybody that is talking about these massive drops, I say I have to put it into some kind of perspective because I decided to take the money that we had sitting in. Thanks to buddies, our buddies like CSB and Duadna, people that have sent in crypto for us. I turned it all in from the Bitcoin into the Cardano, because that's where I believe the future is. It's a coin that is still cheap enough. I wish I would have bought it about a year ago, but it wasn't on Coinbase at the time. And I was never into this enough to be like, oh, I need to open up another account, move this to another wallet, move this to one of these other platforms that you can get the thing on. With that said, I still think that Cardano can be the next Ethereum, which was up over 2000 bucks now. and. When I bought this stuff about a month ago, the I, I've still made money. So, yeah, there was a big drop in one day, but it brought it back to where this stuff was just a few weeks ago. This this isn't like, oh, it's lost all of its value. It went down, but the reality is it went up a lot in the past four weeks because I was you know sitting on a few hundred bucks in profit. I mean, it would be nice if you knew how to play this game. And if you're doing it as a day trader, I think we talked about that in the one episode. The trick would be find out when it's at the top, then sell it, then wait for it to go down, then buy it again, then wait for it to get to the top and just play that game as it moves. That's hard to do. 
and the uh, the concept is you know for me it's just kind of a long hold so while this was going down the, the number i was watching wasn't oh gee it went down 15 percent or whatever it was in a matter of minutes it was oh I'm, I'm still in the i'm still in the good side of this i'm still making money i haven't lost money on it yet and for most investments i'm looking at things like the uh the savings account i have which is i think at one percent now or it may even be under one percent like you can't make any money on any of that stuff so i understand why people are throwing money into crypto except you have to realize that with a savings account allegedly unless the government comes for you that can't just go to zero overnight for no reason and crypto can so understand that no matter which coin that it is it can go to zero overnight dogecoin probably will i don't believe bitcoin will although i I still think bitcoin is due for uh, a pretty big drop at some point you know, I never got into crypto early enough to for it to have made a really big and effect. And I think that it's for the same reason why uh, for the last 10, 15 years while it was doing, I never recognized the threat of, of Marxism growing in society. Right. And in both cases, it's because I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm generally pretty good at predicting things, but I keep underestimating the gullibility of large groups of people yes when you get somebody persuasive and i it it, i think that that i don't know it everything about crypto is all of its value is because people believe it has value now that frankly is exactly the same foundation of as as fiat and and all other types of currency is is it only has value as long as enough people believe it has value but it amazes me just how much value has been generated out of effectively nothing and the power of belief and persuasive thinking, which leads me to, re- you know, to think that there was a, there was an unserved market and, and a, an, an underserved demand for something out there that people could take hold of themselves and you know you know cur- currency was tightly controlled by any number of organizations and and as anybody paying attention realizes the the entire financial system is rigged nobody is getting rich anymore unless you're in with the the already wealthy the the elites have pretty much got a stranglehold on all brand new wealth goes to them and I, I, enough people are starting to realize that system was rigged, that there was. Uh, well, yeah, I guess everybody is- that put, you know, a thousand bucks into Dogecoin and was like, oh, yeah, that's great. I made three thousand or whatever you made. There was somebody that put a million in. You know? yeah. <laughs> is- I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is, you know, the the classic version, not the Obama version, but the classic version of the American dream that everybody, you know, everybody, if you work hard, if you make the right decisions, everyone has the opportunity to become someone and, and make it big. Um, that dream had kind of died in America, uh, because the system was rigged and crypto is, is kind of the new American dream. And I, I regret that I've been so cynical in my old age that I didn't see it coming. Which is why that I threw money in for the first time to this Cardano, because I do think this has a shot to be something that goes up into that range, you know, a thousand plus 
per coin. I mean, it could go to zero depending on what competition is out there. But I've been looking into the technology used, how much power is needed and how the whole thing works. And it seems to make sense to me that this could have a major impact on the crypto. It was started by one of the people that started Ethereum. And I mean, the only question is, will somebody else come around with something better? Will all the major governments in the world decide that cryptos are illegal? I mean, the one thing that when Bitcoin started, it was the uh, incorrect notion, and we've talked about it a lot here in Grumpy Old Ben's, that it was somehow private. It is not private. I've paid for my like NordVPN using Bitcoin, which is great, except for the fact that my Bitcoin address is on my website address, you know, on my website saying donate to me. So that's not really hard to track me down if you wanted to figure out who sent that payment to who. And the concept that the crypto was going to be anonymous, that there are some coins that will do that, but that isn't Bitcoin, which is still why I believe Bitcoin is going to die. If if you wanted to hide the fact that you use NordVPN, you probably also shouldn't have been mentioning it on the podcast over and over again. Probably, but it's a damn good service. If you want to watch, so I've heard. You want to watch baseball games? So, well, that's the unlocator is what you want to do. But the crypto stuff is amazing. Parlor's coming back to the app store. Yay! Are they? That means that they have to have a new system in place for moderation. Uh, well, the according to Apple, which is where this announcement came from. In fact, I I first found it found it at MacRumors.com, but then I found a TechCrunch article that actually quoted Apple saying it. So not a rumor. Uh, Apple said the app has improved the way it moderates content, and those changes are sufficient to return. Um, as of this morning, I could not find any announcement from Parler about this. Um, it is going to be up to Parler to push out a new version of the app that. The, that follows it and uh we might see something shortly i don't know i don't know what their changes to moderating content are if it actually follows the app store guidelines then it means parlor's probably going to suck from now on right right or they're just going to kick get get kicked back out maybe which could also happen i don't have much else that was uh um yeah parlor's coming back which Woo! which goes to show that, you know, in the, the American standard of everyone gets a second chance that, that Adam always talks about. Um, yeah, it's the people love an underdog. They love a comeback story. Parlor's coming back. We don't know what it's going to look like, but the product wasn't that good to begin with. But yeah, maybe well, it'll it, be better. It was, it was another one of those that, that, you know, if, if I tried to sign up for the network, the first thing that they'd be like, please give us your phone number. Okay. And I'm out. Well, yeah, that's the same thing as our buddy Sir Gene keeps trying to get me over on that uh, clubhouse thing. But unfortunately, that's the same thing. You want your phone number. I don't want to give my phone number. It's a little too, little too far. Don't want it. Don't need it. Yeah, you can have my burner phone number, which I keep trying to give them, but I don't know if that works. But the concept well, no, that no, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of companies that have, have, are starting to get savvy and ban Google voice numbers. But I'm thinking. Like if you go out just to the store and right. buy, spend twenty dollars on a prepaid phone. I have thought <laughs> of doing that just to get a number, just never to use it for anything but signing up no, for stuff no, like just, that. Just let this, let the twenty dollars worth stay on the thing. The only thing you need is a phone number. Yeah, uh, that is uh, that is a thought for getting into those. Just give them the hog story number. Says met you, uh, you Canadian. That is a great idea. But then when they when they start <laughs> calling back, then. 
I, I can now hear Fletcher playing a, a voicemail going, uh, you know, to log in, please give this number four, three, you know, right. It, like, wait, wait, no, that was my login information. Damn them. Why would they do that's that? My new, that's my password reset link. You just played on hog story. The concept that clubhouse is somehow worth $4 billion is just like the crypto stuff to me. I don't get it. It is a simple concept. That's the power of suggestion. Yeah. The gullibility of people in large groups. Man, I know. There's been stuff that I missed out on just like you. Because when you do that first, you know, in your in your brain, when you're like, well, is this going to be successful? No, something this stupid can never work. And then you're like, holy crap. Yeah, it somehow did. So that'll be interesting to follow. Uh, And I mean, it's it's the lottery. It's I, I I've never bought a lottery ticket because I know enough statistics to realize the return on investment is approximately zero. Like to 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 six significant digits, the return on investment is zero, even for the lesser stuff. Uh, um, I, I it's buying a lottery ticket and not buying a lottery ticket for it, statistically speaking, as it gives you exactly the same. But uh, survivorship bias means that all of the coolest stories come out about that one in ten million that did in fact hit you know, win the lottery. Yeah, yeah, and. uh our buddy CSB pointed me to something. He also uh, had a question of, do you use a pop filter windscreen to avoid plosives in your microphone? No, of course not. It's the RE320. Do you think the Podfather uses a windscreen? Although you may have a furry ball. I, on I put a yours. foam ball on the front of this thing and you told me it was unnecessary. Yeah, I believe it is. But uh, his buddy Leo just, Laporte, the uh, CSBs that is, he is moving towards a paid membership. Did you see this? Twit is going I did to see this yes this is interesting seven bucks a month and it kills the ads and it gives you a an rss feed that will give you the programming without ads this that's just says be, to me that the advertising model is kind of dying that's going to be interesting how they do that are they gonna like because all of their ads are host reads uh, are they actually going to cut up and and host read ads sometimes have useful content and, and unless the host sucks <laughs> but twit so uh, I mean, yeah, they, okay. they'll all be great, I'm sure. But there, I guess there must be cutting them out because they are providing you with a different feed to the edited episodes without the ads. So that would make sense that they're just cutting out the ads. So you get your you get your shows ad free. You get a members only Twit Plus bonus feed, which includes outtakes, behind the scenes, and special content. So you know, basically, like us talking before or after the show, and our buddy truck driver was yelling at us from before the show why are you wasting show material well because sometimes we like to do that and we waste good material before the show yes. or after it's, it's our it's our patreon only material unfortunately we don't put it out on <laughs> patreon we just put it out on the live stream it's our live stream so, only so and if the, yeah yeah so and, you you don't even have that that's another one of those uh business errors that we seem to have made is we don't even ask people to pay to get the bonus content to get the bonus content you just need to be listening to the no agenda stream starting at uh when you start streaming uh music about eight o'clock a.m yeah on mondays and fridays you just tune in you rock out then you get the show once it starts and uh it's a lot of fun but uh, like all of these other you know including the tom Merritt show and others the members only part of this club twit 
also includes access to their very special Discord channel, which <laughs> I know, right? We don't even have a Discord. Well, you say we do have a Discord channel. We just don't use it like everything else. Uh, we we created one a long time ago when we were exploring options for uh, various uh, you know, VPN, not, not VPN, uh, voice talk. We were talking about, you know, how do we communicate with each other to do the show? And we ended up settling on Zendercaster, but Discord was one of the things that we tried. And so we created a, a grumpy old Ben's Discord chat, which I think only about six people ever even got an invite to. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And, and unless Discord has deleted it because nothing's been posted there in more than a year. If not, I should probably delete it just in case somebody finds it, starts posting. Yeah, until they come after us for bad content. But it's interesting that this is like one of the major perks that's showing up. The one Lego guy that has a YouTube channel. Same thing. Oh, join our thing. You get access to our Discord server. The, like I said, daily tech show. Our Discord server. Twit. Oh, come on to our Discord server. It's It's just weird that all of these things are tying it to something else which i don't understand especially since most of these i mean the uh leo's thing is using a patreon alternative called memberful and csb's like oh you should use this for grumpy old bens i'm like well who's yeah. behind it how mad will they get the minute we say the seven deadly words or when we talk about vaccines and what will happen will we disappear because you can't base anything on a service that is going to just boot your asses off because you say something that they don't like and those are those are absolutely good questions that we would want answered before like you know i i don't know i don't know anything about them i don't know if they've been around long enough to determine if they're woke or not uh but i will say the one place that i did poke around and and this this will help you make a, a decision right away um they have three different tiers of plans uh they have a free plan which uh, takes a 10% transaction fee off the top of everything that you get. So when somebody pays you $10, they'll take it all or off of it. Um, or you can drop that transaction fee in half to only 5%, which is the same as Patreon does. Uh, if you pay them 25 or a hundred dollars a month. So, um, which, you know, I saw that. And at first I'm like, well, that's a lot. It depends on the side it depends on what you're getting of your community i mean it really does now if you've got five people signed up well then that's a lot of money if you're somebody that actually has a community that can go into the thousands then you know a hundred bucks a month sure bad when when, i mean with it's upgrading tier i mean there's other features too that like uh integration with with uh uh instagram and stuff but um, the, from the, from the fee perspective, it makes, it, it's a really simple mathematical calculation. As soon as $25 is less than 5% of your intake, it makes sense to pay. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking at this going, you know, what, what, what are they doing for us? Uh, well, one of the things that they're doing is, uh, is they are connecting you. They allow you to make plans. And, and, you know, they say plan, which is a subscription plan. And then you set the price and you convince people to sign in on it. And I, I, I that's actually a pretty cool feature. It, it, it's, it's similar to Patreon, but a lot more configurable. Um, the, the free tier, you can only do two different plans. Maybe that's a problem. Uh, I, I will point out another thing that jumped out at me. It requires a Stripe account. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's where the process, that's how they're getting the payment to you. 
Yeah. And uh, I, it wasn't clear to me. Requiring a Stripe account is probably not that onerous if you're the one doing, you know, building the the podcast or the one that that is receiving all the money. Uh, if they require that every member has a Stripe account, that that seems pretty onerous. Yeah, that would be a little more bizarre. Let's see, like Leo, if it's it's go seven bucks a month, um, and they're just asking uh, for a credit card number, so that would be looks like they're just taking credit cards, so that's okay. So they're not don't look like they're requiring that for people to join because yeah that would be like well first you need a paypal account in order to you know that would people don't like jumping through those extra hoops just want to give the credit card make it nice and easy but this is all stuff somebody pointed out on no agenda social i don't remember who that you can do similar stuff on your own with plugins for wordpress although as we've talked about wordpress plugins you're you're opening yeah. yourself one you're doing more work you're opening up yourself to more issues and it may not be worth the hassle, but I, I believe, and you can correct me if you know for sure, this, I thought that was what our buddies over at Grimerica did when they added the pay tier was that they're doing it all on their own with a membership plugin and taking cash directly through their own website rather than using a Patreon or one of these other sites. I don't really know for sure. But I'm going to go ahead and speculate with no information and say, yes, that's totally what they do. <laughs> they would know what they're doing. Those guys are smart enough to be like, well, I don't want to pay a middleman if I don't have to. Because, again, that's the worst thing you could do is build a community on something like Memberful or Patreon. And then six months down the road, they're like, oh, we don't like you said this. So we're pulling your whole account. Then what do you do? I guess my first, my my question about the, you know, OK, what what it Access to a custom Discord. Okay, actually, let's talk about that for a moment. Um, Discord has crap for moderation tools, and I think that you you asked a question of why so many people are are limiting access to their Discord chat rooms behind some kind of wall, and the reason is that uh, a wide open Discord is kind of a bit of a moderation nightmare. And especially with, uh, you know, Discord in particular, but companies who are increasing the, uh, the, the limitations, they're, they're increasing the censorship. They're starting to look a little closely. They're, they're instituting algorithms we talked about on Friday that say if people are posting porn on your channel, your server is going to get marked NSFW. Um, I, I, I think that one of the reasons why you would keep a Discord, uh, behind a paywall these days is, because you don't want to spend an inordinate amount of time moderating it. I, I don't know. But the thing that the, the other benefit that they offer is uh, you get a feed without ads. The, I, I mean, it, in 20, 2007, when I was listening to Twit, it took me about 10 seconds to realize that my podcast player has a fast forward button. And <laughs> right. I don't have to watch the ads. It, it, I don't know. How much is that worth to you? The ads thing, not much, because, right, you can fast forward through that content if you want to. I don't understand the big draw of the Discord channels, but that may just be because I don't use Discord. I know a lot of people do. And I, this I is do a way use Discord occasionally, and I don't understand the draw. And it, may, it may just be that there is a place for a community. Most people don't have something like That's the troll exactly room. That's exactly what it is. You know, the troll well, room I is mean, our... Twitter does have their own troll room, though. Well, yeah, well, you're not paying for that, though. See, that's the the difference. They want to put this up behind the paywall. And if you're going to do that, I mean, if we wanted to offer something like the troll room, which is available at noagendastream.com, as 
a perk for people listening to the show and we no longer wanted to use you know there'd this be, troll room there'd be three people in there you me and doug right well that would be exactly <sighs> the point you know but that that's the question though then well how many people would pay for this this was the biggest argument when i was working for a country artist when they decided to uh take the message board which had been a huge part of her site and this was i mean again i knew where all the traffic was going i mean people didn't care about anything else this was the draw of the website when they decided that well no i know we can put that behind a paywall and i was like that's gonna kill your traffic and this is where you're marketing to people you want the eyeballs on your website so making the most popular thing on your website and putting taking it putting it behind a paywall you're shooting yourself in the head and that's exactly what happened so dummies who don't understand i mean there are people that just won't pay for that kind of stuff because it's not worth paying for but if it's free it's a great marketing tool yeah come to think of it i think the gob paid only troll room i mean it would just be you and doug because i would never want to hang out at a place so dead see right well that would be that would be a fully open conversation and actually, if, if I wasn't there, then maybe that would draw some other people in. I don't know. <laughs> like Sir Gene, definitely. I mean, he'd be like, oh, yeah, Bemrose free. I know. I, I, he didn't answer me, so I don't know if he knew I was just giving him crap. He posted on uh, No Agenda Social. Hey, you know, the in the first 24 hours, the episode with Bemrose got more downloads than the Darren O episode did in the whole time since it's been posted, which is weeks ago now. And I just responded with, well, to be fair, Gene, you only have five people downloading. So that doesn't really tell uh, me much. I, I, I was waiting for the two of you to start whipping it out. <laughs> start like get the tape measures. Just put it on the table. Let's get this over with. I mean, I, I did point out to Sir Gene his episode on Grumpy Old Ben's where there was no Bemrose was, I believe, the second most popular as far as downloads. It, it in wasn't 2020. Grumpy Old Ben's. It, well, well, it was better. It was me and Sir Gene. And that was, I mean, maybe this is the new podcast because that was the number two episode. And I think there was like five or 6,000 downloads on that episode, which is pretty good for us. I mean, I'd still like to continue moving all of them in that direction. But Sir Gene was like, you know, why weren't anybody listening to my show with Darren? It's like, well, because you talk for three hours on my show. And most people heard that first. And they were like, we've heard everything from YouTube bloviators. <laughs> maybe that kind of would make sense. I guess I'll have to have Sir Gene on again on a special show just to and, see. And for the people who haven't heard the the show of Sir Gene where I was on it, uh, um, we we also talked for several hours. We talked for almost four hours, and he cut it down to three twenty. That was the running time, three twenty. Yeah, something like it was. I I think it was by far the longest Sir Gene show out there <laughs> because uh, a Gene like you like me. Um, all, all, all of us talk a lot. Um, I will say that there was some really crazy stuff spewed, um, potentially on both sides. Uh, and, uh, Gene being the, uh, you know, he's, he's a little bit of an asshole and he called me out on a number of things that, that I was hoping would just, he just let slide and, and let go out there. No, he was like, oh, are you sure this is true? But then again, he tried to tell me that, uh, that there was molten aluminum on the surface of Venus too. So I, what do I know? <laughs> that seems like I have to listen to that conversation if I ever have 14 hours to kill. But if I listen to it at four times speed, I can probably get it in in under an hour. This is. Sir Oma just posted, uh, you know what, maybe we'll, we'll save this for Friday because I kind of want to dig into this. 
maybe there's not much here. Microsoft has disabled Google's controversial flock browser browser based tracking feature in their Chromium based Microsoft Edge browser. Not only okay. that, WordPress is saying they're going to disable it on their end for any of the WordPress sites. So, so Google threw all of their advertising might behind this, but I think Google the the Google name has been tarnished enough. I, there, there's a lot of people going, whoa, hold on. Maybe we don't just hand you all advertising ever from now until the end of eternity. Well, because it's hurting the people that aren't Google who can't use this technology. And I mean, you hit it spot on saying this wasn't Google trying to do good and protect your privacy with advertisers they sure want you to believe that well it's a great story to tell i mean this is the world where you push a narrative and you hope people buy into it like oh thank you google for protecting my privacy by letting my browser spy on me rather than third parties and google's sitting there back there going you know what we we just tell them we're doing good here you know what they'll believe anything these people are buying crypto (laughs) sometimes it goes up sometimes it goes down they're trying to push dogecoin though for the uh, for about a buck they're saying google tomorrow. is trying to push dogecoin yeah not google people 420 oh. tomorrow is oh. a big google no no that's a rumor that we should start right here and see how far it goes google is now pushing dogecoin i could see in that. fact you're going to be able to pay for all of your chrome browsing using dogecoin in the future <laughs> right because it's going to be worthless congratulations but we do have some experts to thank for, i love that part of the show for supporting the grumpiest podcast in the universe grumpyoldbens.com slash donate is the place you want to go to get in on this and coming in as the executive producer on today's show a millennial listener kyle johnson who we mentioned on the previous show that was talking about i've never sent money through my bank this way would you like to be a guinea pig i'm like well yeah if you're going to be a guinea Hell pig yes. get money that's the best kind of guinea pig to be so yes, well, Kyle. It's, it's not it's not just the receiving money. Trust me, it's mostly about the receiving money. But I'm also always in favor of testing things. Just try new shit out. Yes. And the checks See did show up. So Kyle will be happy to know that everything worked correctly. The system is working and we appreciate your $50 donation, especially because it's a check. Nobody takes that 2%, 5%, 10% like they might over at Memberful. Every penny goes to us and that is all greatly appreciated. And this is the system it is slightly more work, but it is something that is appreciated because, I mean, then you have to go to the post office. Well, I send the wife, so that's even easier. But then you have to open envelopes and you have yeah. to take pictures. Yeah, nothing is too difficult if you've got somebody else to do it for you. <laughs> yes, that is the uh, there was a uh, episode of the Big Bang Theory I saw yesterday where Sheldon was accused of sexually harassing his assistant. And of course, they made him do some kind of online class to, you know, for sensitivity training. And at the end of the episode, and he's with the assistant. He's like, of course, my time is way too important for this. So I'm going to need you to do this and take the class, which <laughs> which I thought was just kind of hilarious and made a, a very simple point. Okay. To- total, total side thought here. Um, I recently watched uh, a, an online only concert from uh, uh, one of my favorite bands from 20 years ago called Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, they do the theme uh, song. For this it. was the first time I had ever heard the theme song to the Big Bang Theory, and I had no freaking idea that they did it. <laughs> I really did not know. Really? I, I really, I think it, it, it just cemented my mind. I'm like, none of this is familiar. And I had to, 
I had to ask my wife who had her phone out because of course she, you know, looks stuff up during shows. Um, like, do you even, because they said this is a song, uh, the theme song of a very, uh, you know, very popular show. And I'm like, do you have any idea what show that is? And she had to look it up too. She's like, it's a big bang theory. What? I, so I guess what that proves to me is I have never seen a single episode of that show. It is actually a very good show that, like all shows, started slowly uh, coming to a halt probably about season five, and it went on five more seasons. But the first three or four seasons are just great because it's a very much uh, techie kind of humor. It is very much people involved in that, like, you know, the comic books and all that kind of stuff, humor, where uh, it was very still a lot of jokes that you couldn't get away with now with the Indian guy. And there was a lot of gay jokes, a lot of things that you just, you know, questioning their manhood that today would just be considered uh, hateful. So I think people are going to be looking back on this show as we're trying to remember that there was a time that people could poke fun at things without being hateful jerks. And I heard I heard an interesting comparison between the Big Bang Theory and uh, what uh, Arrested Development was the other one. Uh, you know, the, that the, I've only seen a few episodes. The The comparison was. Uh, uh, Big Bang Theory is a show about smart people for stupid people, and Arrested Development is a show about stupid people for smart people. And uh, of course, the person who said that was an Arrested Development fan. Who, uh, if if you've ever you know encountered somebody who who gushes over that show, they tend to be insufferable because they think they're smart. But um, I thought it was an interesting comparison. Anyway. Well, the most high recommendation I can give you for watching The Big Bang Theory is cold acid hates it and tells you not to watch it. Maybe I should check this out. In fact, you know what? <laughs> now now that I've heard that, uh, Abel Kirby, if you're listening, I'm going to need a review of that during your anime segment on the next Rare Encounter. I think, I think you should start watching Big Bang Theory and see if Abel Kirby wants to do a podcast with you about The Big Bang Theory. I, I I could hate watch it for a while if I can fit in in with my busy schedule of, of hate listening to Rare Encounter. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. But uh, thanks again, Kyle, for being our executive producer. Uh, and see, it's not just cold acid. Sir Seat Sitter wants his money back. <laughs> he didn't give any money, Sir Seat Sitter. Well, then that's how much he gets back, isn't it? Yeah, I don't even see Sir Seat Sitter. Where are you looking? Um, yeah, not in the troll room. Are you? Are you on drugs? I, no, I'm, I'm no, I'm I'm psychically connected. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Is Sir Seatsitter? He's the he's probably the guy that feeds you the good lines that you use during the show. You have a direct connection. Well, somebody has to. Oh, okay. It's no agenda social. Thank you, Sir Matthew of Maps with Matt. Where's episode five? And thank you, Kyle, oh, for oh, oh low blow for being uh, for being a millennial that listens to Grumpy Old Ben's and appreciates the content we appreciate you coming in next is a birthday shout out from her husband for lady get over it and he has a note says birthday call out to the best dishwasher in the world lady get over uh, it now i heard oh this my joke. gosh asking you shall receive i was needing her earlier in this show <laughs> i heard the same kind of a shout out on no agenda you know calling her the best dishwasher in the world where he, <laughs> he included what? her uh, her instagram account for the guys over at no agenda because she's competing in some bikini strength thing and she looks like she could kick all of our asses there's no question about that so he's talking big here for somebody that could take a swipe at him and maybe he's fast maybe he can run get out of the way um 
He says that her name, of course, good enough to inspire a grumpy old Ben's episode title. Yes, that was a rarity. We did uh, have a title of the show, which was just either Get Over It, was it? Or was it Lady Get Over It? It might have been Lady Get Over It. He says this, uh, the, the show was just Get Over It, but... which was, you know, it was a homage because she, oh, it was good. And uh, he says this goes towards her guru status at Grumpy Old Ben's. She's already a guru at the gym. And I know so she's going for her guru status. And her knighthood over at Damehood, over at uh, No Agenda. Well, I mean, this is a this is kind of a battle now. This is a battle between us and No Agenda for the hearts and minds of Lady Get Over It and her husband Alexander to see which one will she reach that bar first. It's uh, uh, it's a tough one. It is. It is a tough one. I I I, I might be biased, so I'm I'm going to reserve my <laughs> recommendation. But both worthy of your time to listen to and i mean i guess we're probably good if maybe she gets like enraged hearing all the dumb things we say while working out at the gym like these guys are idiots and then that just encourages you some people like to work out to music maybe she likes just hearing people bloviate and if so we appreciate it well in that case we're providing an important service yes that is absolutely true coming in with 25 bucks sean McCune, who's coming before no note nothing we appreciate that sean Coming in, Anonymous33 with $10 in Cardano. It's the first Cardano donation that we got. So see, posting those crypto things over at grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate actually works. So uh, that came in with 10 bucks Cardano, which, I mean, it's either worth more now or less. Looks like it's slightly up, so that's good. I like when they go up. And the, see, now if it goes down, that comes out of your, your half, of course. And when oh, it goes up, I, I just keep the profits because that is what makes more sense. Coming and, and, in. And when it goes to zero, I'll be laughing. <laughs> well, then we neither one of us will have anything. We both lose. Yeah. They might be laughing maniacally. <laughs> well, that's how you usually do it, isn't it? You, mean, that's, you, you are very much Dr. Evil. I mean, tell me if you were ever sitting there without a cat on your lap, then, then we know. But coming in with 696, Betty Solero, another name I've seen before. Coming in with five bucks, Bill Barnes, who I believe is the Bill Barnes that I follow on Twitter that does the ICQpodcast.com, which is the web address ICQ? of his podcast. ICQ, it's a ham radio thing, I guess. I oh. don't know if the ICQ came from the. I thought uh, maybe it was like the, the very first instant messaging program where you had to be identified by your number. Maybe. Good. Well, I, everybody used that back in the day. I, unlike you, though, I don't remember my number. So, I I'm I'm not willing to admit that I might remember what my number is, or that or that ICQ is still running on a machine yeah. somewhere or, in or your that, house, <laughs> or that my number was only six digits. <laughs> That's because I got in really early on that one. That's how you know you are old. But thanks, Bill. I mean, we'll put the the address for his podcast up there. And if you're the, if it's a different Bill Barnes, then just tell us to screw off and screw that other guy. But I I think this is the same guy. And uh, coming in with 333, our buddy Rayford Bacon the third, and everybody. I mean, there's who doesn't like bacon? I still say that would be me if I was uh, if I was. What's not to like? If that was my name, and it was back in the days where I was dating, that would be like, hey, baby, you like bacon? That would be that would be the perfect pickup line, wouldn't it? I guess I should probably be happy I'm married and don't have to worry about doing any of that stuff anymore. You don't know what you're missing. Yeah, I think I do. I'm I pretty, also don't know what you're missing, but I'm pretty happy I'm not missing it. But that is our group 
of experts on today's show. I wouldn't say I was missing it, Bob. We appreciate everyone. And if you want to take part in the fun, it's the value for value concept that we use. You're listening to the show. Hopefully you got some value out of it. If you did put that value into a monetary sense and take it over to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate, click the donate button. If you want to use PayPal one time or monthly, use one of the QR codes or the address for a crypto, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano, or use the snail mail address and go that route where nobody takes a percentage, you know, except the United States Postal Service. You're helping keep them in business because your bank still has to buy postage. So, I mean, you're helping. You're helping a government entity by going through the USPS. Don't tell them that they're going <laughs> to cancel everything. I know. I got an email or a tweet from somebody that wanted to sign up for our mailing list, which we haven't really been sending much out, especially now after we saw no agenda get paused. He's like, I'd like to sign up for your mailing list, but could you, could you do something that's not MailChimp? And I'm like, I need suggestions. I'm looking because there has to be send mail <laughs> to do mail. Yeah, we need a mailing list a service that would be able to uh that that just, isn't just keep all the addresses in a text file and pipe it into the unix command i mean it's what they did back in the day and then you ended up getting like nine you end up getting 95 percent of them bounced because they are dumped into the spam folder because that's how email works today but yeah it's not good i mean so if there is a solution that's not mailchimp that is not woke please let us know so what else we got uh i have uh actually the big story that i uh was alluding to in the opening of the show when i was talking about left coast states trying to outwoke each other uh and it is in fact a tech story oh well, that um, was i don't know if you recall uh it was uh six eight months ago when uh by an executive order california governor gavin newsom said that uh that he was going to ban all gasoline powered vehicles in the state of california by 2035 right well not to be outdone but jay fucking inslee has decided that we're we can do that too but we're gonna set 2030 as the cutoff nine years <laughs> to completely kill off all gas powered vehicles and build enough electric infrastructure that everybody can just drive wherever they want or probably not yeah i mean it's nice to put these so, things out there but <laughs> this this one however not to be outdone you know uh california and massachusetts were up until now the only states that you know, you know good good middle of the road states california and massachusetts if oh, there yeah. are if there are more woke states i don't know what they are well washington um possibly possibly new york or or yeah but anyway they but uh massachusetts uh their their ban was by 2035 and it was only part of charlie baker's 2050 decarbonization roadmap which isn't even an executive order it's just uh an aspirational document um newsom of course ex- issued a, a government order although um i think he's being recalled so that order may not stand um Washington, though, they decided to do it right. Our far left woke uh, legislature who are in Inslee's pocket actually passed a bill through the legislature that Inslee signed. So this is a real thing now. Um, It bans the sale, purchase or registration of any non-electric vehicle model year 2030 or later. Wow. 
Meaning you can't even if if you buy out of state and register here or if you move here and you have your 2031 (laughs) pickup truck and you move here, they will not let you register that vehicle. That's insane. Um, Now, uh, I I went ahead. I I, I can. I'm not sure how you want me to do this. I, I went ahead and read the actual bill itself, which is not as bad as the stories go, but the stories had some really really nice chicken little uh activity in them so uh i can i can give you some of the the finer points and then and then hit you with what i got in the actual order or i can play it down whatever is more fun okay for this dystopian well, future we have um they, let's see they they are revising all the state building codes to require all buildings with on-site parking to offer electric vehicle charging stations in a minimum of 10 percent of their parking spots so, yeah, those won't get vandalized or anything. <laughs> well, that um, is, yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, you, you know, the, the big thing, the, the big bomb that everyone's reporting on is they are banning the, you know, the purchase, sale or registration of any non-electric vehicle of model year 2030 or later. Um, you, you know, they, they are uh, the, the bill actually limits that to passenger and light duty vehicles, which means up to 10,000 pounds, excluding emergency vehicles. Uh, they are not actually requiring that all big diesel trucks go electric. So I mean, the vehicles uh, which, that actually do a majority of the polluting. Yeah. So they're exempt. So the vehicles that do most of the polluting, this doesn't impact at all. It only impacts it. It makes sure, you know, depending on which side of the spectrum you're on, it's either virtue signaling for all of the people who do a lot less of the polluting or it's, uh, you know, punishing the people who do less of the polluting. But it's just passenger vehicles. Uh, you know, no, pay no attention to the fact that 85% of the Pollution caused by freeways is caused by big rigs. Those aren't count, whatever. Well, because the uh, whole concept is they don't want you to own a car. This is socialism coming, baby. It, yeah, yeah no shit. Um, the state is ordered to build a tool to optimally place where electric vehicle charging stations should go in the state. Um, they, uh, this is in fact going to be used, uh, in a central planning to give out permits. Um, so you're not kidding about the socialism thing. Uh, this is the the capitalist way to do this is you let people put up their charging stations wherever they want. Right. And the places that stay in business are going to be where charging stations are needed. And you end up through market forces creating an optimal power grid. That's not how people in Washington want this to work. The Washington governor government is going to hand out permits only where they think that e- electric vehicle charging stations should go. Um, and was there any, is there anything on here on how the charging stations themselves will operate? Meaning is this there just was nothing free, in the bill about it? No free electric for all, or, or will you have to swipe your credit card and pay to get your, uh, to get well, your the, juice? The one place that, uh, th- that I think that this, I mean, this does make sense in one respect and that is a uh, Washington is powered almost exclusively by hydropower. We have very little in the way of coal, natural gas. Um, we have actually quite a lot of wind farms in Eastern Washington, but they, a, a windmill generates, you know, what one or two megawatts for even the biggest windmills. Whereas the average hydropower plant will generate 300, 500, something like that. Um, they, I mean, you know, I, I think some of the big state, like the Dallas dam is, is a, a close to I, I i don't know the numbers so somebody's going to call me out if i say it but they're huge they're worth thousands of windmills so hydropower is 
plentiful in this area. And that means that electricity is actually quite a bit cheaper in this part of the world. Although the cost of electricity has certainly been cranking up as, as environmental groups manage to convince power companies to breach dams in order to uh, facilitate salmon because uh, because when, when it comes to fish or humans, most people think that fish are worth a lot more, I, I guess. I, well, well, they're tasty whatever. on a plate. They are, but now, now we don't even have a big wall to corral them against because we're breaching the dams. Um, so let's see the, uh, the tool that is going to be created. It says the department through the department's public private partnership ding, there, you know, I, if I had a bell, I'd be ringing public private partnership. That's a code word for crony capitalism. Uh, public private partnership office and in consultation with the Department of Ecology, the Department of Commerce and the Office of Equity. Oh. Washington has an office of equity. Yeah, get in on that. Get on that board. Must develop and maintain a publicly available mapping and forecasting tool that provides locations and essential information of charging and refueling infrastructure to support forecasted levels of electric vehicle adoption. These people can't forecast the freaking weather. I, they, there's no possible way this is going to work right. Um, and, uh, by the way, this tool must, of course, integrate population, health, environmental, and socioeconomic data to support highly impacted communities and vulnerable populations. Just in case you thought there would might be no racism in this, they need to make sure that the electric vehicle stations disproportionately favor black communities. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Um, now the two things that I, found out uh when i actually read first of all it's not just electric it also allows for hydrogen powered cars um then and i kind of dug into where what is the state of hydrogen powered cars it's not fantastic yet um but this is nine years away yeah this is nine years away and they they are obviously making some big assumptions about what technology is going to happen in nine years um, but I went ahead and looked up just for shits and giggles. I looked up the state of hydrogen powered cars in 2021 so far available for consumer purchase in America. Uh, we have the Hyundai Nexo, the Toyota Mirai and the Honda Clarity. I've never heard of any of these cars, but that's not really a surprise. Um, one thing that surprised me, uh, hydrogen powered cars, in fact, get quite a lot more range than electric powered. Uh, they are estimating 400 to 500 miles of range. Um, which is good because that's about the average distance between the refuel stations. Um, <laughs> right. Which is good. You don't want to run out. Uh, uh, on average, uh, what, you know, it, it's going to cost you somewhere between 80 and a hundred dollars, depending on your location and actually can be significantly more or less than that, depending on location uh, per tank of gas uh, of hydrogen in order to refuel. Um, the quote says, uh, gasoline might be cheap or true, but in the end, if you want to protect the environment, you'll find that hydrogen cars can be a much better option. Yeah. Well, protecting the environment is a whole lot easier to stomach when my wallet has something in it, but whatever. Right. Well, yeah, um, well, that's again, what you're going to see coming with this, this summer. I mean, maybe not in your area cause it never gets super hot, but your electric rates are all going up. Thanks to Biden. Gas prices have all oh, yeah. gone up. This is, uh. Everything's yeah, going to cost more. Groceries costing more because, well, you know, trucks bring the this food. article that I that the article talking about the hydrogen powered cars uh, came from January before Biden had had pushed through a lot of his new policies. Um, Eighty to one hundred dollars per tank of gas seemed absolutely ridiculous a year ago. Nowadays, we're looking at this going. Yeah. Yeah. With Biden's policies, this might actually be a thing. So, uh, 
you know, if he doesn't also tax hydrogen plants. Uh, now, here's the other thing that I went ahead and did uh, looking for. OK, if I decided I wanted a hydrogen car, um, I went ahead and did a, a Bing search, uh, a local dot or whatever to find any hydrogen refuel stations near me. And Bing did not understand the search at all. <laughs> what are you looking for? So I, I went into the pie hole. I, I temporarily unblocked the domain and I went ahead and searched Google for it. And Google listed uh, three shell stations in my county, but I went ahead and checked out the shell and they have not converted anything yet. So not an option. Um, outside of the three shell stations here, um, the closest hydrogen fueling station that Google told me I could use was in Vancouver. Canada. <laughs> they won't even let you cross the border right I now. I can't cross the border, so that's going to be rough. Yeah. Yeah, that's not uh that's not something that sounds convenient, but this is going towards again the socialist agenda which a lot of these big cities and I've heard talk from different areas of London was one of the first, but then we've heard talk going into uh, cities here like parts of San Francisco, which is, let's shut the city down for people to drive. They'll they'll still allow taxis and like Ubers and stuff, but private cars by special permit only. Right. Private cars will not be allowed in the cities. That is coming. And this, I think, is a part of this. Well, this is a part of this to make it. We're not we're not forcing you. Well, actually, here they are forcing you because this is more than just a nudge kind of what they're doing yeah they're going to force you to buy an electric car and when you say well that's too inconvenient too inex- too expensive and i don't want to deal with the hassle that'll be well you know you could just uber okay and and by the way as long as i'm i'm calling out a workability of this um uber exists in the seattle area and and let's suppose that you bring in your your beautiful centrally planned system where uh, everyone in the city is now required to call a, a full, fully autonomous Uber Tesla to get everywhere in the city. Um, that works for Seattle, probably. I mean, it'll, it'll crash and die horribly and people will suffer from it, but, but they'll feel better because they're helping the environment. And that's really all that matters. So they won't even care that they're suffering. Um, the, the Washington legislature and, and Jay fucking Inslee, um, they, they set bad policy for more than just Seattle. Um, Eastern Washington is rural, is largely a desert. Everything is far from each other. Um, there are uh, a, a lot of farming. Um, if, if you take gasoline away from the farmers, you're not farming anything ever again. Um, if you, uh, if you require that people use, uh, an electric vehicle that has a 200 mile range and then, tell them to go drive out to to Clarkston or Pullman or you know some of the far away parts then um they're not going to they might not make it it's that far away the the, the state yeah. is i mean we're not texas big but it's not a small area and the eastern half of the state everything is far apart from each other and also uh, remember that uh, electric vehicles nobody's quite got over that hump and now they've got 9 years to do it maybe they make maybe they do replaceable battery packs or something but uh, right now, if you're on a long road trip and you reach the end of your 200 miles or whatever your range is, 
you have to sit there and 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 jerk off for three hours while it recharges or how you know, oh, yeah. however long the recharging station goes well that's an you issue get- that nobody really wants to talk about the fact that electric charging is not like gas where you can pull into a station and pull out five minutes later full again and ready to go for another four or five hundred miles it's oh well yeah plug in and wait and that is a major inconvenience cold weather has an issue on this i mean that could be something they could figure and, out and, and by the way another thing um you remember how I, I i always talk about how it's temperate here in the general seattle area where it never gets too much below about 25 degrees fahrenheit and it never gets too much above about 85 that's not true of eastern washington desert they have real winters they have real summers <laughs> It yeah. gets cold. It's going to you think you're going to have any battery power whatsoever after a, a negative 10 degree night? No. And why? Why are they jumping completely past the hybrid concept? Because the hybrid seemed like a great idea, which you could put the two together, meaning if you, you know, worst comes to worst, you have the gasoline part, which you can run you. But then when you're cruising along, you can save because you can you know, more or less flip over to the battery power that you have in the vehicle. This concept that gasoline engines are bad Then the gasoline engines, when we grew up as kids in the 70s and 80s, you know, mainly later 70s, the emissions were horrible and the polluting yeah. was a real thing. But the gas powered vehicles now do not really pollute much. Smog was a thing back then, and everybody, our environmental policy seems to be reacting to the smog from the 1970s as if the technology's never gotten any better. You're right. The, the total amount of pollution that comes out of a modern gasoline vehicle is nothing. And, you, you know, the, the, the legislation started with, of course, there's, there's always the long series of whereas where they, they call out things as if they're fact that are usually completely wrong. And and one of them was, whereas, you know, a major contributor to greenhouse gases is the transportation network. Well, that might be true, but, uh, you know, let's let's start with what is the biggest polluter? Well, let's start with cargo ships. Then we step down an order of magnitude and we got airplanes. Then we step down another order of magnitude and we have big trucks. And then we step down another order of magnitude and we've had passenger vehicles. And those are the only ones we're stomping on. Right. I mean, you're going to tell me that the Boeing, like uh, Dreamliner 777 or whatever it is, isn't converting to electric? I, I don't believe they're going all electric. <laughs> the thing would never get off the <laughs> ground. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to have to stay at this, uh, leave this plane at the gate for seven days while it recharges. Uh huh. And then it's so heavy that it's got a range of like three miles. So that's yeah. <laughs> you're, you're actually just puddle jumping from airport to airport through an urban area. Uh huh. That does not seem like things that make sense. But then again, we talk about a lot of stuff when the government be involved. That just doesn't make sense. The war on this. I remember very distinctly mocking Barack Obama when he got elected the first time talking about, you know, People are going to assume people are going to be driving small, efficient vehicles in all these SUVs. They're not going to want to drive them. It's like, that's all I still see. <laughs> if anything, they become more SUVs. And this concept that, you know, especially this is also a, a thing that will push people towards having big families because, you know, these gas powered vehicles, adding two kids in the backseat, that's going to limit just how far those vehicles can go because you're trying to get every last little watt of energy out of those batteries to get you where you want to go 
this is going to be such a major inconvenience. But when you look at what uh, this it, will do to how you can move around, this is a very evil thing. This is not inconvenience. This goes beyond inconvenience. This is this is let's devastate the economy in yet another way. This is the kind of thing that will fuck up the economy of the entire state of Washington for decades. And I, I don't even care about Seattle. Seattle can can burn in Antifa fires for as long as they choose to be woke. But the real victims are the people in Yakima, the people in Tri-Cities, the people in Afreda, the people in Spokane. No, no, fuck them. But um, the, the, the people in in places that are still sane and do not send woke activists to the legislature in Olympia. But it doesn't matter anymore, because like I said earlier in the show, um, we've had enough replacement from Californians at all moving into the Seattle area that nothing that anyone else anywhere else in the state does or says matters anymore because the the wokest in the central Seattle area have a simple majority and the and, and Democrats are not even bothering to hide it. They're not playing the game anymore. They are literally just stomping on your face and saying, we won. You get to do nothing. You are second class citizens if you're not on our side. This sounds like a whole new business for people to get gas powered vehicles anywhere but Washington and then rent them to you people in Washington because you can't register them in your state. That will just be long term rentals that no yeah. it's a rental car. It's, it's, it, you know, it is. It's an argument for not freaking living in Washington. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of arguments for so, that and for living in Illinois or for living in New York or for living in. So now now that the ranting is out of the way, I did pull two other things out of the actual legislation that was not necessarily reflected in the chicken little uh, blog posts about it. This, by the way, is is why um, the the advice I, I like this advice, but, uh, you know, cold acid is the one that I, I really said it right. He said, uh, you know, always read the article. And if you don't, if you only read the headline, you're dumb. He did, I don't think he said it that way. I'm paraphrasing. But um, the requirement takes effect only once three quarters of the vehicles on the road are subject to a road usage charge whoa whoa um, whoa what there's nothing in this particular piece of legislation which has already passed that implements a road usage charge but it pretty much sets up the roadmap sometime in the next nine years uh because you know every states everywhere are you know once they get used to uh, a teat of one kind of revenue stream then uh trying to get off of that revenue stream they always have to search for other things and the state has wasted a hell of a lot of money on um i don't i don't know if it currently is but washington on and off has had the highest gas tax in the entire country for a long time and as people move to electric vehicles they're not purchasing gasoline anymore um the state wants to replace that so road usage charge is going to fit every vehicle with some kind of tracker that uh wants to you know, the data they're asking for is how many miles you drove right. but you know damn well it's going to be gps enabled and it's probably going to upload your per your location to an online database every 10 seconds and um they're going to use that for determining how much tax you owe by how far you drove 
Oh, and by the way, all you people who believed the hype that said one of the reasons for going to an electric car is so your taxes go down because gas costs too much. Yeah, screw you guys. We're going to start just straight up charging you because. Well, yeah, this was a in the news recently, too, on a federal level. The uh, Biden's uh, transportation secretary suggested that maybe the country needs a mileage tax. So every year you have to show your what the you know, kind of mileage you had and you'll have to pay. You got to pay for every mile you drive. This is coming. If people don't wake up, this is coming. Yeah, it, it, it's going to happen. Now, uh, it, can can they do it by just checking your odometer? Maybe if they can figure out a way to keep tampering out well, of the be, odometer. Well, yeah, but because they're all connected to the cloud now. But yeah, what what's I mean, the way you know, the way this is going to be implemented is is, well, we don't trust your odometer because it could be tampered. So instead, we just have to set something in your car that sends its GPS to the cloud every, you know, every 30 seconds or something. And, you know, for all I know, Tesla already does this. I haven't dug in, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's a smartphone. Smartphones do that. You're, you, you, Tesla is a smartphone with wheels and a very heavy battery. <laughs> and that seems to be the model. I, I, I don't want... I don't want an electric car, not because I don't like the electric technology. That's fascinating. And I would love the opportunity to have it. It would never be my only car. You know, Bemley got his electric car for commuting and he loves it. And I think it's awesome, too. It's just a lot of fun to, li- to drive in, especially when he's all showing me how many horsepower it has. But uh, you're like, he also quiet. has a pickup truck. Yeah. And, and you know, he would not be allowed to have that pickup truck after this. You know, oh, oh, you want to you want a truck for hauling things? That's going to have to be electric. And you want to haul a load of gravel somewhere. Oh, well, it better be within 10 miles because that's the range of your battery. <laughs> so, yeah, you're limited. You're a little yeah. limited. And uh, the last thing, the very last section in there, and I'm almost I'm a little surprised I even got to the end of it because I was running out of time. But uh, tell, tell me what this is. Um, the uh, it, it says that um, it turns out that making all electric vehicles is actually a goal. And it says, quote, Nothing in this section authorizes any state agency to restrict the purchase, sale, or registration of vehicles that are not EV, which kind of sounds like it completely contradicts the articles and everything everyone's saying about it. Well, you could buy them. You just can't register them, I guess. I don't know. That's uh... Well, no, it says nothing, you know, the, that state agencies are not authorized to restrict it. So I'm, I don't know. It, it, it almost, like the very end of it almost feels like it's just reversing everything. Like this is all pie in the sky, but we can't really yeah. do that. So, so I guess I guess what I'm reading in that line alone makes the whole thing virtue signaling and not actually something that anyone I I don't know. Well, yeah, because of global warming, like you said, they can't tell you what the weather is going to be like tomorrow. Either way, great roadmap for what the left coast is trying to do to your cars, and uh, expect more legislation like this, especially now. That Inslee has come out and said, I'm even more woke than you, Newsom. So congratulations, California. You're probably well, actually, he has to get past his uh, his recall election first. But, uh, you know, expect Pritzker to come out and say, well, I know it gets cold here, but you're all going to be required to have electric vehicles and you just don't won't drive in the winter. Yeah. Welcome to uh, 80 below and try that. But yeah. this is what the left does. They want to tell you where you can drive. If you can drive, they want to tell you what you can put into your body. They want to tell you what you can eat. They want to tell you when you're consuming too much sugar. This is a full out attack on your freedoms. And it goes down to freedom of speech. It goes down to the woke 
culture. It goes down to the cancel culture. And this is just stuff that I know it's repeating, but 10 or 15 years ago, if somebody would have given you a roadmap to where we're at today, just like with crypto, you'd be like, you're an idiot. That could never happen in America. (laughs) But it did. And we're here. And we're looking at things going just down a completely moronic path because, again, the folks on the left are seeing a uh, finish line. And this is why things are accelerating. We just need people to pay more attention. But then the question is, where do you even pay attention to? Because when you're getting your news on Facebook or Instagram or, God forbid, the mainstream media, you're not really getting the truth. So we are living in a conspiracy theorist paradise, I think. I think so, too. We're doomed. Uh, doomed doomed we can be (laughs) and you too can be doomed uh go to grumpyoldbens.com and click the donate button yes if you want to keep yourself from being doomed and keep this program on the air to keep informing you of what's going on in the world grumpyoldbens.com slash donate and we will be back on friday of this week for another award-winning episode of i mean we're not saying what award but (laughs) i I can make up an award that's fine (laughs) it's easy to do of grumpy old ben's and uh, usual time, noon Eastern, noagendastream.com. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we don't believe in electric cars. And from America's left coast, where plans for electric cargo ships are on the horizon. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Ooh, can electric cars run on hot lead? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.